I don't think there's anything we could do that would help Eastside Baptist Church more than to put this message into practice. I don't think there's anything we could do that will have a greater impact in our personal lives and in the life of this church and in the life of this community than what I'm going to tell you about today. It is probably the most important thing you can do in your walk with the Lord. The, the message is about being devoted or being distracted. And uh, all of us get distracted. We get distracted from the Lord. We get distracted from His Word. We get distracted from the things that matter. And uh, we don't want to be distracted. We want to be devoted. So this sermon series is about following Jesus, and all of us are learning about what it means to follow Jesus and what that looks like on a daily basis. I do want to welcome those who have joined us by way of the internet, and I'm grateful that so many of you have been part of our listening audience. Please download that listening guide that's right there on our website, there at our Facebook page. And you can follow right along with us as we study God's Word. I am a follower of Jesus Christ because of what He did for me on the cross. That's why I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Developing a relationship with God through Jesus Christ does not make God love me more. It makes me love Him more. Developing a relationship with God through Jesus Christ does not make me better than other followers of Jesus. It simply makes me the best follower of Christ I can be. Developing my relationship with God through Jesus Christ does not keep me saved. I will always be saved. Once I got genuinely saved, I am forever saved. Nothing in heaven or earth can change that. So, developing my relationship with God doesn't keep me saved, but it does help me live like I belong to Jesus. So what does it look like? What is a Jesus follower? If you'll follow along with me in Luke chapter 10, this is our text today. We're going to look at this passage of Scripture from God's Word. We'll make some observations about it, and then I'll give you some practical guidance, which does include the little journal you received this morning. This is Luke chapter 10. It's a familiar passage of Scripture. We're going to look at it together this morning and see what it says to us. 
I want to share this with you um, as we begin this text. God speaks to us through his word. And if you're listening this morning, he will speak to you right out of his word. Why don't we just pause and ask him to do that, all right? Let's do that right now. Father, we long to hear you speaking to our hearts today. We long to see what you have for each one of us. Lord, you are powerful and you're able to push aside all the distractions of our lives and help us to see and hear from Jesus today. So I pray that you'll open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, and speak to us out of your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke 10, verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he, speaking of Jesus, entered a certain village. We know from other passages of scripture that this particular village was Bethany. Bethany was the place where Martha, Mary, and Lazarus had a home. And Jesus became close friends with Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. You know that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, right? So Martha, Mary, and Lazarus developed this close relationship, but it didn't start off all that good. So let's see what happens. Bethany, by the way, Bethany means house of despair. Beth, if you're reading in scripture, Beth means house of, and Whatever's attached gives you the house of what? So you have Bethany, house of despair, Bethel, house of God, Bethel, Bethaven, house of evil. You have all kinds of attachments in the scripture, and you can see these things uh, in the New Testament, and uh, you can see in the Old Testament. Beth, Bethany. Bethany, house of despair. But listen to this. House of despair is not a nice name, but that's where Jesus hung out. Does sometimes God use despair to reveal himself to us? Of course he does. Bethany, house of despair. So that's where they were. They went to this little village named Bethany. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Now, let's be sympathetic with Martha for a minute. Martha is trying to have a nice event at her home, and she is fastidiously 
cleaning and preparing a meal and getting everything in order. And there's her stinking lazy sister sitting at the feet of Jesus. Right? So let's identify with Martha for a minute. And all of us can see that. You know, you've been busy and, and doing things and you're sitting there, you know, you're working and you're getting all worked up and you see this person that's just sitting there doing nothing and you're getting aggravated and frustrated, aren't you? And all of us have people like that in our lives. I remember uh, being in the fellowship hall one day uh, setting up tables and we were, you know, pulling these chairs and setting them up and setting up tables in the fellowship hall and there was this guy just leaning against the counter over there watching us and I looked at him and I was so aggravated I said are your arms broke he said no no, no. I said then get in here and help us for crying out loud so we can all identify with a little bit of the frustration of Martha can't we the problem is Martha was focused on the wrong thing. She was distracted by all of this busy work, this service, while in her house was the Lord of the universe. <laughs> she was distracted and didn't even think about the fact that the Lord of glory, the Lord creator, the Lord savior, the Lord almighty was sitting in her house. I want to say something to you. I think much of the church is distracted today and they've forgotten who's in the house. Huh? Whose house is this? He's the Lord of the universe. And He deserves our full attention. We should be devoted to Him. We should be like Mary. Following Him. Let me ask you. Between Martha and Mary, which one of them is following Jesus? Mary. Now we can all identify with Martha. But Mary was following Jesus. She was sitting at his feet, hungry to hear his word. Okay. Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. I can just hear him. Martha, Martha. I can hear him saying to me, Pastor, Pastor, if you'd just leave it in my hands, Pastor, Pastor, if you'd just trust me, Pastor, Pastor, if you'd just quit worrying, Pastor, Pastor, if you just let me do what I want to do. Pastor, Pastor, you're all worked up and worried and fearful. 
Have you forgotten who's in the house? Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. What Jesus was saying is this. The two words, good part, literally mean the best thing. She's chosen the best thing. She's chosen to put her focus in the right place. She's giving her attention to the right thing. She is not distracted. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus, hungry and eager to hear what he has to say. And my friend, listen. Too many of us get all worked up about the things in our lives and we've never taken the time to sit at the feet of Jesus and find out what he has to say. We get all distracted by family and events and issues and circumstances and this thing and that thing and we're all busy and we say, oh, I'm just too busy to have a quiet time. Really? So you're going to be like Martha, huh? You're going to make sure everything in your life is running just like it should without ever consulting the creator of the universe. You're going to make sure that your life runs smoothly, but you're not going to consult the one who gave you life eternal. Does this make sense to you? We get so distracted, don't we? I mean, I wake up in the morning, I'm just like you are. i got ten things running through my mind that I need to get done. But which of them is more important than being with Jesus? Oh, listen, I, I want things to be in order. I want things to be nice. I, I, I'm fastidious. I like things to be picked up and cleaned. And I want to make sure that things are just right. I especially like things to run smoothly on Sunday morning. And it aggravates me when the stuff back in the sound booth doesn't work the way it should. But that's not important. It really is not important. You know what's really important? Is that my heart is focused on Jesus and listening to Him. That's what it means to follow Jesus. Listen to what He said. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. I want to ask you a question. How long has it been since you sat at the feet of Jesus waiting to hear what he wants to say to you? Quietly listening for him. You say, you don't know my life. You don't know how busy I am. You don't know all the things that are hitting at me. All the more important for you to get along with the Creator. 
He'll tell you how. He'll speak to your heart. He'll say, listen, I have an answer for you. This problem that you've been carrying around and you're so burdened about, I've got an answer for you. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part. Martha was so busy, she actually got frustrated. Listen to this. Listen to how how really messed up this is. Martha says to the Lord, Do you not care? This is the God of compassion. The God who is filled with loving kindness, who in every word and action showed compassion for every person he met. And she has the audacity to say, don't you care? Do you know why she said that to him? Let me tell you why. It's because she was so focused on what she had to do that she totally disregarded who he was. And when you and I get so focused on what we've got to do and where we've got to go and who we've got to see, oh, I've got to take care of these things. When you get so focused on that, you will forget who God is. You'll forget who He is and what He wants. You'll forget that He's the Lord of compassion and love and that He's present with you and He wants to minister to you. You forget that He's the... Lord of the universe. You'll forget that He's the God of truth. You'll forget that He's the Prince of Peace. You'll forget that He's the righteous God. He's the holy God. He's the ever-present One. You'll forget who He is. Everybody okay? It's the truth. We get so distracted. What did the scripture say? Martha was distracted. (laughs) The words there in the original language are quite interesting. The word distracted means she was lugging around heavy things. She was lugging around heavy things. Which is exactly what happens to you when you forget who Jesus is. Your whole life becomes a struggle. And you lug things around that he never intended you to carry. You're just so consumed with all the stuff in your life. And here's what you're trying to do. You're trying to control what happens. And so you just put everything just like it is so that you can control exactly what happens and you can be in charge. And you forget that no matter how much work you do, you're not in charge. The Lord is in charge. He's the one who has perfect control of everything that happens in your life. And you can either be devoted to Him or you can be distracted from Him. And the whole point of this passage is simply this. Are you going to be Martha and be distracted? Or are you going to be Mary and be devoted? Which one will you be? It's a clear contrast set up by the writer for us. Historical story with a spiritual significance for every one of us. 
Which one will you be? And that choice is made every single day. What are you going to be? Martha? Distracted by the world? Distracted by the things in your life? Distracted by things? Or will you be Mary? Devoted to Christ? Where nothing in your life is more important than spending time with Jesus. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ. And I, I just I shared with you earlier, I want to share it again. I don't think there's anything we can do that will have a greater impact on the life and ministry of Eastside Baptist Church than for all of us to get alone with Jesus. All of our planning, all of our efforts, all of our organization, those are important things. But they're not the most important thing. What did Jesus say? Mary has chosen the best thing. So if you really want to make an impact here at Eastside Baptist Church, here's what you do. You get alone with Jesus. And if this many people, look, look here. If this many people got alone with Jesus and listened to him, it would make a huge spiritual impact in the life of Eastside Baptist Church. Amen. You ready to get practical? Here we go. Some practical steps. Acts chapter 20 Verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. You feel down? Get into the word of God. Let Jesus speak to you. He's able by grace to build you up. By grace, that means you don't deserve it, but he builds you up anyway. As long as you get alone with him, he will build you up. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You need direction. You need God's guidance. You need joy back in your life. Get alone with Jesus. He says He will... Dwell in you richly. The Word of God, when it gets into you, it dwells in you richly and it produces in you God's wisdom and God's guidance. And it produces in you joy so that you walk around singing. It comes from your heart. I'm amazed... I was raised up in the church and I would be in church and I would listen to all these hymns. I really didn't know the meaning of hymns, but I saw everybody singing. So I sang right along with them. You know those hymns are still with me today? And when I go through a dark period and a difficult time in my life, do you know what the Holy Spirit uses to minister to me? Those great old 
hymns. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in His excellent Word. I mean, verse after verse after verse of the truths of God built into my life. And the Holy Spirit uses that. And scriptures that have been memorized. And boy, I'm telling you, it's wonderful. Some of you don't have that history. But I've got great news for you. If you'll set aside time and let's listen to Jesus, He'll put that stuff in you. And all of a sudden you're going through a particularly rough spot in your life and you're feeling down and discouraged. All of a sudden the Spirit of God will start bringing stuff up in you and you will overcome. You'll find the presence of the Lord Jesus ministering to you. And you'll know it's Him because you've spent time with Him. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. John fifteen seven. Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Are you missing out on answers to prayer? Maybe it's because you haven't spent any time with Jesus. When you spend time with Him, you automatically know what He wants and you begin to pray that way. And He says right here in His Word, if you will abide, if you'll remain, if you'll spend time with Me. That's what that whole word means. It means to take up residence. It's, it means, listen, it means that when you're sitting in your house, you realize Jesus is there. You experience His presence. You're abiding in Him and His Word is abiding in you. And all of a sudden you're praying for the very things that God wants to do. And you begin to see answers to prayer. What a joy that is. As God works things out in your life and He works out relationships and He works out finances and He works out your housing situation. He works out your job situation. He's working. Or you could be distracted and try to work it out yourself. You can be Martha. Try to control what happens in your life. You can be Martha. You can be Mary. Devoted or distracted. John 6.63 Listen to what Jesus said. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. I hear people say sometimes, I just wish I had a life. And I want to say to them, it almost comes out of me, I have to just be real careful. Well, get alone with Jesus and you'll have a life. In the, the words, he says, the words I speak to you, their spirit and their life. You know what the words of the world are? They're not spirit. They're death. 
They're not spirit. They're discouraging. They don't build you up. They tear you down. Sometimes other people will use their words to tear you down. But if you've spent time with Jesus, you recognize that word is not true and I don't receive it. I'll receive what Jesus said to me. He said, I'm his child. He said, I'm loved. He said, I'm valuable. He said, I'm a child of the king. He said, I belong to him. He said, I'm eternally secure. He said, I have a home in heaven. He said, he would give me his peace. He said, he has mercy for me. He said, I'm totally forgiven. He said, I'm righteous in him. That's what he said. So I really don't care what you say. Amen? But if you don't spend time with Jesus, then his words can't get into your life. You don't know that he's speaking spirit and speaking life to you. When you spend time with Jesus, you sense things. You sense that he's working in a particular person's life. And you sense that he wants to do something in your life. I I know there is a particular area of my life that God has his finger on right now. And he has had for several months. And he's put his finger on and he says, I'm getting ready to deliver you from that right there. And I said, okay, Lord, do it. And he's been doing it. And you know, when you spend time with Jesus, he'll do the same thing to you. He'll put his finger on you and he'll say, this right here, I'm getting ready to deliver you from that. And he'll start speaking to you. And, and what's really wild is because, because Jesus is speaking, his words are life. And he actually begins to change the way you think about that particular situation. And he delivers you from the bondage and lies that have been coming into your life. What a great Savior we have. Woo, I'm telling you. I didn't even have coffee this morning. I'm telling you, it's exciting when you can see the Lord Jesus at work in your life. And you can hear him speaking to you. And you know that he's got things under control. And you can trust him even in the dark places. That's what he wants for us. He says, my words are spirit and they are life. Well, let's make this really, really practical, okay? Here's some practical steps. First of all, if you want to spend time with Jesus, pick a place. That is, find a quiet place where you can be focused on the Lord. It's very difficult in our world to find a place that you can be alone and be quiet. And it might have to be a locked bathroom door. But find a place. Find a place. Some of the sweetest times that I've had have been in my office. It's outside. It's away from the home. It's away from the phone. And I can really focus on the Lord. Find your place, wherever it is. Find a place. Pick it. Pick that place. A quiet place where you can be focused on the Lord. Number two, remove distractions. I suggest to you that you turn off your cell phone because I guarantee you, people who have never called you in in their lives will call you if you set aside time to spend with Jesus. I promise you, your cell phone will go off. It'll buzz and you'll get notifications from every place because the devil doesn't want you to spend time with Jesus. 
So remove the distractions. Turn off your cell phone, your tablet, and your TV. Thirdly, pick a time. Find the best time to be alone with the Lord. For some of us, it might be early. For some of us, it might be lunchtime. For some of us, it might be late in the evening. Sometimes you've got this rotating schedule that just doesn't allow you to have a consistent time. But God will provide you with a time if you just ask Him. Here's a prayer. I challenge you to pray this. I challenge you to pray this prayer. Lord, I want to spend time alone with you. Would you carve out in my schedule some special time just for me and you? I challenge you to pray that prayer. It's a prayer he's already approved. Because he wants to spend time with you. Well, isn't that amazing that the creator of the universe loves you and wants to spend time with you? Listen, he created you. And he created you for fellowship with himself. I mean, you were designed for this very purpose that you might love God and enjoy him forever. That's why you exist. So he wants that time with you. You're his child. You belong to him. And he wants that time with you. Ask him to help you find that time, that consistent time that you can spend with him. Pick a time, the best time for you. Doesn't have to be in the morning. Doesn't have to be at lunch. Doesn't have to be in the evening. Just whatever works best for you. Then number four, get a spiritual journal. Well, all of you are ahead of the game. You have a spiritual journal in your hands. So what is a spiritual journal? It's a documented recording of what the Holy Spirit teaches me on a daily basis. Now, um, this is something that you should be doing anyway. But this is a great way for you to record what God is saying to you. Here's the problem. If you don't write it down, if you don't record it, if you don't make a record of it, you might lose it. This is my journal. And I've been doing this for years now. I've got, I got journals that go back for years and years. And I use my journal to uh, jot down things that God is teaching me, things that he's speaking to my heart about. And I jot down my prayers for people. And I write down the scriptures that I'm reading at that particular time. And I make note of things that particularly stand out and speak to my heart. And I'm going to show you uh, an example of that in just a minute. So what is a journal? It's a documented recording of what the Holy Spirit is teaching us on a daily basis. I'm telling you, if I was Mary and I was sitting at the feet of Jesus, I would have my notebook out and I would be writing down what he said. Because I wouldn't want to lose it. What is the purpose of a spiritual journal? It's a tool to help me retain the blessings of God. It helps me to retain the blessings of God. Fifth, have a plan. This is a Bible reading plan, and I suggest a chapter a day. 
You could start in the Gospel of John or you could start in Proverbs and just ask God to speak to you through His Word. And you look for verses that stand out to you. Look for those verses. Because those are the verses that God wants to use to speak to you about whatever's going on in your life. And He'll impress that upon you for a reason. You write down the things that God seems to be saying to you. And I have an example that I want to show you. Turn those verses into prayer. Write down the things that God seems to be saying to you. Here's an example. Take a look at this. Inside of your journal, you put the date, 5-14-16. Then you write down, I'm reading Psalm 25, because that's what we're getting ready to do. Psalm 25. And listen to these verses. <laughs> these are great verses. Listen to these verses. <clears throat> to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Well, you can see verses 4 and 5 spoke to me. And I turned them into a prayer. And it's very easy to do. Lord, I, I really do want you to show me your ways. I want you to teach me your paths. Teach me, Lord. And when I'm praying this prayer, it will take a form and it'll it you know, for instance, I'll say I do this often, Lord, here I am serving as the pastor of Eastside Baptist Church, and I really want your guidance. I want you to guide me. As I prepare to teach and preach and lead this church, I want you to guide me and I want you to give me wisdom and show me your paths and teach me your ways. You see how it becomes a prayer? And then lead me in your truth, Lord. And teach me, for you're the God of my salvation. On you I wait all day long. And I could hear God saying to me, I just want you to wait on me. I could hear him speaking to my heart from those verses. Verse 16 reminded me of a friend. Listen, slip down to verse 16 with me. Turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. I have a friend that's really struggling right now. Just beat down. And I said, Father, would you turn your face toward this friend and would you have mercy on my friend because he is desolate and afflicted and I want to ask you to lift him up. You see how your reading of Scripture can be turned right into a prayer and you've just spent time at the feet of Jesus. Today I'm facing some important decisions. Lord, please guide me. And all of that is written down in my journal. Now, I, I write other things in my journal, too. For instance, 
I had a really great conversation with my kids the other night. Probably the best conversation I've had with them in 10 years. And I said, in my journal, I just made a little note. I said, Lord, I just want to thank you for that conversation with my children. Don't let them forget one word of that conversation. You see, and I jotted that down in my journal, and there it is. And now a year from now, I can look back at that. And I can see what God was doing in my life. Okay. Decision time. The next step. What are we going to do? You know, it's important to listen to a message. It's important to get good preaching and the ministry of God's Word. It's important to let that into you. But if you don't do anything with it, you, you might as well just wad it up and throw it in the trash. We're not to be hearers of the Word. We're to be doers of the Word. So if you're not going to do something with it, then it's just a waste of time. So here's what I'd like to ask you. Is there somebody here this morning that needs to be saved? You need to commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You're here, but you've never made that commitment. What's your next step? You want to make a commitment to the Lord Jesus? That might be your step. You need to commit your life to Christ today. There's somebody here that needs to make that commitment today. You need to say, you say, you know, I've known about Jesus, but I've never committed my life to him. And I need to do that today. I'm going to ask you right now, stand up right where you are. If that's your commitment, you need to make that commitment. You've never made a commitment to Christ as your Savior and Lord. But you need to do that today. You can feel the Holy Spirit calling you and tugging at you, and you need to do it. If you can't stand up in here with everybody's cheering for you, you'll never stand up out there. Okay. I'm giving you one more minute. This, 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 is, this is your opportunity. Okay. Here's another step you might take. You've already committed your life to Christ, but you realize you've been like Martha. <laughs> you've been distracted. You have not been focused on the Lord. You need to recommit your life to Christ. And that may be your commitment today. Say, I've already committed my life to Christ. I know He's my Savior. If I had to die today, I know I'd go to heaven to be with Him. But to tell you the truth, I've been like Martha. I've been all busy about stuff that really doesn't matter. You need to recommit your life to Him. Say, God, I've just been focused on the wrong things. Was Martha doing anything wrong? She wasn't doing anything wrong. She just wasn't doing what was best. We'd call her a great housekeeper. But who wants to be a great housekeeper when you've got the Lord sitting in your house? Can you be a great follower of Jesus instead of a great housekeeper? It wasn't that she was doing anything wrong. She just wasn't doing what was best. need to make that commitment today. Here's another one. Some of you need to make this commitment. You need to... What? Begin a spiritual journal, a daily quiet time and... And I'm going to ask you, if if you're willing to do that, if you're ready to say, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit myself 
to a daily time alone with God. I'm making that commitment today. Would you stand up, please? Amen. Amen. You know, some of you are already doing that. That's okay. Can I just say this? It's a commitment you have to make all the time, right? I'm making that commitment today. I'm making that commitment. Thank you. You can be seated. I'm making that commitment. I need to spend time with the Lord Jesus. Listen, the enemy comes after me too. And he doesn't want me spending time with Jesus. And I get distracted too. So I know. I know the battles and I know the struggles. I'm right there with you. I'm recommitting myself today to spending time with Jesus daily, getting at his feet and letting him speak truth into my life. His words are spirit and they are life, and I need that. Here's another commitment. I want to become a member here at Eastside Baptist Church, and I'd love to talk with you about what that means. This is a church family where people love one another and they care about one another. We'd like to invite you to be part of that church family and enjoy all the benefits of being a member here at Eastside Baptist Church. You'd love to do that. I'd love to talk with you about what that means. and We'll uh, help you to become a member here at Eastside. Love to talk with you about that after the service. And then some of you would say, <clears throat> like me, you know, I got baptized as a kid, but I really, I really didn't know what I was doing, and it's time for me to step up, and I need to be baptized. I need to be publicly declaring that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a public profession of faith when you are baptized. And if you need to do that, and if God's speaking to you about that, let me talk with you about that. You know, see, we're praying that people will come to realize their need to be baptized. We're praying for people to get saved and baptized here at Eastside. We're praying for people to grow in their faith and their relationship. We're praying that everybody becomes a follower of Jesus. So I'd love to talk with you about that after the service. Would you join me as we pray? Father, you're such a great God and such a wonderful Savior and you're our helper and our hope and our strength. We love you. Thank you for your presence today. Thank you for your precious word, what it means to us. Thank you for speaking to us right out of the verses of Scripture. We commit our lives to you now. Father, we just confess to you that we want to be followers of Jesus. Help us, Lord, as we recommit our lives to you. and Help us this day as we consider that daily quiet time. Many of us stood up and made a commitment. Some of us have already made that commitment, and we're recommitting ourselves to that daily time alone with you, speaking to our hearts, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit would seal these decisions in our hearts and Press upon us how important it is to spend time alone with Jesus. 
spend time alone with you in your word and invite you to speak to us out of your word. We ask you to do that, Lord. You know how weak we are. You know how we struggle. You know how easily we're distracted. Would you just help us with these things? Help us with these commitments, Lord. We believe in you, but help us even in our unbelief. Help us, Lord. Lift us up, encourage us, strengthen us, that we might be truly followers of Jesus. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. How we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. You are such a great God. We thank you for answers to prayer. We thank you for this day. In Jesus' great and powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Mel-